Section 38, being Book 9, Chapters 1 to 5 of Volume 1 of Le Morte d'Arthur. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For further information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Le Morte d'Arthur, Volume 1, by Sir Thomas Mallory. Book 9, Chapters 1 to to five. Chapter one. How a young man came into the court of King Arthur, and how Sir Kay called him in scorn La Cote Maltai. At the court of King Arthur there came a young man and bigly made, and he was richly beseen, and he desired to be made knight of the king, but his overgarment sat overthwartly, howbeit it was rich cloth of gold. "'What is your name?' said King Arthur. "'Sir,' said he, "'my name is Brunot le Noir, "'and within short space ye shall know that I am of good kin.' "'It may well be,' said Sir Kay, the seneschal, "'but in mockage ye shall be called La Cote Maltai. "'That is as much to say, the evil-shapen coat.' "'It is a great thing thou askest,' said the king, "'and for what cause wearest thou that rich coat? "'Tell me.' "'for I can well think, for some cause it is.' "'Sir,' he answered, "'I had a father, a noble knight, "'and as he rode a-hunting upon a day, "'it happed him to lay down to sleep, "'and there came a knight that had been long his enemy, "'and when he saw he was fast asleep, "'he all to hew him, "'and this same coat had my father on the same time, "'and that maketh this coat to sit so evil upon me, "'for the strokes be on it as I found it.' and never shall be amended for me. Thus, to have my father's death in remembrance, I wear this coat till I be revenged. And because ye are called the most noblest king of the world, I came to you that ye should make me knight. Sir, said Sir Lamorak and Sir Gaharis, it were well done to make him knight, for him beseemeth well of person and of countenance that he shall prove a good man and a good knight and a mighty for, sir, an ye be remembered, even such one was Sir Lancelot du Lac, when he came first into this court, and full few of us knew from whence he came, and now is he proved the man of most worship in the world, and all your court, and all your round table, is by Sir Lancelot worshipped and amended, more than by any knight now living. That is truth, said the king, and to-morrow, at your request, I shall make him knight." So on the morrow there was an hart found, and thither rode King Arthur, with a company of his knights, to slay the hart. And this young man that Sir Kay named La Cote Maltai was there left behind with Queen Guinevere. And by sudden adventure there was an horrible lion kept in a strong tower of stone, and it happened that he at that time brake loose, and came hurling afore the queen and her knights. And when the queen saw the lion, she cried and fled, and prayed her knights to rescue her. And there was none of them all but twelve that abode, and all the others fled. Then said La Cote Maltai, Now I see well that all coward knights be not dead. And therewithal he drew his sword, and dressed him afore the lion. And that lion gaped wide, and came upon him, ramping to have slain him. And then he smote him in the midst of the head, such a mighty stroke, that it clave his head in sunder, and dashed to the earth. 
Then was it told the queen how the young man that Sir Kay named by scorn, La Cote Maltai, had slain the lion. With that the king came home. And when the queen told him of that adventure, he was well pleased, and said, Upon pain of mine head, he shall prove a noble man, and a faithful knight, and true of his promise. Then the king forthwithal made him knight. Now, sir, said this young knight, I require you, and all the knights of your court, that ye call me by none other name but La Cote Maltai, and insomuch as Sir Kay hath so named me, so will I be called. I sent me well thereto, said the king. CHAPTER Two: How a damosel came into the court, and desired a knight to take on him an enquest, which La Cote Maltai emprised. Then that same day there came a damosel into the court, and she brought with her a great black shield with a white hand in the midst, holding a sword. Other picture was there none in that shield. When King Arthur saw her, he asked her from whence she came, and what she would. Sir, she said, I have ridden long and many a day with this shield many ways, and for this cause I am come to your court. There was a good knight that ought this shield, and this knight had undertaken a great deed of arms to enchieve it. And so it misfortuned him, another strong knight met with him by sudden adventure, and there they fought long, and either wounded other, passing sore. And they were so weary that they left that battle even hand. So this knight that ought this shield saw none other way but he must die, and then he commanded me to bear this shield to the court of King Arthur, he requiring and praying some good knight to take this shield, and that he would fulfil the quest that he was in. Now what say ye to this quest? said King Arthur. Is there any of you here that will take upon him to wield this shield? Then was there not one that would speak one word. Then Sir Kay took the shield in his hands. Sir Knight, said the damosel, what is your name? Wit ye well, said he, my name is Sir Kay the Seneschal, that wide where is known. Sir, said that damosel, lay down that shield, for wit ye well it falleth not for you, for he must be a better knight than ye that shall wield this shield. Damosel, said Sir Kay, wit ye well I took this shield in my hands by your leave for to behold it, not to that intent. But go wheresomever thou wilt, for I will not go with you. Then the damosel stood still a great while, and beheld many of those knights. Then spake the knight, La Cote Maltai, Fair damosel, I will take the shield and that adventure upon me, so I wist I should know whitherward my journey might be, for because I was this day made knight, I would take this adventure upon me. What is your name, fair young man? said the damosel. My name is, said he, La Cote Maltai. Well mayest thou be called so, said the damosel, the knight with the ill-shapen coat. But an thou be so hardy to take upon thee to bear that shield and to follow me, wit thou well thy skin shall be as well hewn as thy coat. As for that, said La Cote Maltai, when I am so hewn, I will ask you no salve to heal me withal. And forthwithal there came into the court two squires, and brought him great horses, and his armour, and his spears, and anon he was armed, and took his leave. 
I would not by my will, said the king, that ye took upon you that hard adventure. Sir, said he, this adventure is mine, and the first that ever I took upon me, and that will I follow, whatsoever come of me. Then that damosel departed, and La Cote Maltaille fast followed after. And within a while he overtook the damosel, and anon she missaid him in the foulest manner. Chapter 3 How La Cote Maltaille overthrew Sir Dagonet, the king's fool, and of the rebuke that he had of the damosel. Then Sir Kay ordained Sir Dagonet, King Arthur's fool, to follow after La Cote Maltaille, and there Sir Kay ordained that Sir Dagonet was horsed and armed, and bade him follow La Cote Maltaille, and proffer him to joust, and so he did. And when he saw La Cote Maltaille, he cried, and bade him make him ready to joust. So Sir La Cote Maltaille smote Sir Dagonet over his horse's croup. Then the damosel mocked La Cote Maltaille, and said, Fie for shame! Now art thou shamed in Arthur's court, when they send a fool to have ado with thee, and specially at thy first jousts. Thus she rode long, and chid. And within a while there came Sir Bleberis, the good knight, and there he jousted with La Cote Maltaille, and there Sir Bleberis smote him so sore, that horse and all fell to the earth. Then La Cote Maltaille arose up lightly, and dressed his shield, and drew his sword, and would have done battle to the utterance, for he was wood wroth. Not so, said Sir Bleberis de Ganis, as at this time I will not fight upon foot. Then the damosel, Maldisant, rebuked him in the foulest manner, and bade him, Turn again, coward! Ah, damosel, he said, I pray you of mercy to missay me no more. My grief is enough though ye give me no more. I call myself never the worse knight when a mare's son faileth me, and also I count me never the worse knight for a fall of Sir Bleberis. So thus he rode with her two days, and by fortune there came Sir Palomides, and encountered with him, and he in the same wise served him as did Bleberis to forehand. What dost thou hear in my fellowship? said the damosel Maldisant. Thou canst not sit no knight, nor withstand him one buffet, but if it were Sir Dagonet. Ah, fair damosel, I am not the worse to take a fool of Sir Palomides, and yet great disworship have I none, for neither Bleberis nor yet Palomides would not fight with me on foot. As for that, said the damosel, wit thou well, they have disdain and scorn to light off their horses to fight with such a lewd knight as thou art. So, in the meanwhile, there came Sir Mordred, Sir Gawain's brother, and so he fell in the fellowship with the damosel Maldisant. And then they came afore the castle Orgulus, and there was such a custom, that there might no knight come by that castle, but either he must joust or be prisoner, or at the least to lose his horse and his harness. And there came out two knights against them, and Sir Mordred jousted with the foremost, and that knight of the castle smote Sir Mordred down off his horse. And then La Cote Maltaille jousted with that other, and either of them smote other down, horse and all, to the earth. And when they avoided their horses, then either of them took other's horses. And then La Cote Maltaille rode unto that knight that smote down Sir Mordred, and jousted with him. And there Sir La Cote Maltaille hurt and wounded him passing sore, and put him from his horse, as he had been dead. 
So he turned unto him that met him afore, and he took the flight towards the castle, and Sir La Cote Maltai rode after him into the castle Orgulus, and there La Cote Maltai slew him. Chapter 4 How La Cote Maltai fought against an hundred knights, and how he escaped by the mean of a lady. And anon there came an hundred knights about him, and assailed him, and when he saw his horse should be slain, he alighted and voided his horse, and put the bridle under his feet, and so put him out of the gate. And when he had so done, he hurled in among them, and dressed his back unto a lady's chamber wall, thinking himself that he had liefer die there with worship than to abide the rebukes of the damoiselle Maldisante. And in the meantime, as he stood and fought, that lady, whose was the chamber, went out slyly at her postern, and without the gates she found La Cote Maltai's horse, and lightly she gat him by the bridle, and tied him to the postern. And then she went unto her chamber slyly again, for to behold how that one knight fought against an hundred knights. And when she had beheld him long, she went to a window behind his back, and said, Thou knight! Thou fightest wonderly well, but for all that at the last thou must needs die, but an thou canst through thy mighty prowess win unto yonder postern, for there have I fastened thy horse to abide thee. But wit thou well thou must think on thy worship, and think not to die, for thou mayst not win unto that postern without thou do nobly and mightily. When La Cote Maltai heard her say so, he gripped his sword in his hands, and put his shield fair afore him, and through the thickest press he thrilled through them. And when he came to the postern, he found there ready four knights, and at two the first strokes he slew two of the knights, and the other fled. And so he won his horse, and rode from them. And all as it was, it was rehearsed in King Arthur's court, how he slew twelve knights within the castle Orgulus, and so he rode on his way. And in the meantime the damosel said to Sir Mordred, I ween my foolish knight be either slain or taken prisoner. Then were they where, where he came riding? And when he was come unto them, he told all how he had sped and escaped in despite of them all. And some of the best of them will tell no tales. Thou liest falsely, said the damosel, that dare I make good. But as a fool and a dastard to all knighthood, they have let thee pass. That may ye prove, said La Cote Maltai. With that she sent a courier of hers, that rode all way with her, for to know the truth of this deed. And so he rode thither lightly, and asked how and in what manner that La Cote Maltai was escaped out of the castle. Then all the knights cursed him, and said that he was a fiend and no man, for he hath slain here twelve of our best knights, and we weened unto this day that it had been too much for Sir Lancelot du Lac, or for Sir Tristram de Lyonnes. And in despite of us all, he is departed from us, and maugre our heads. With this answer the courier departed, and came to Maldisant, his lady, and told her all how Sir La Cote Maltai had sped at the castle Orgulus. Then she smote down her head, and said little. By my head, said Sir Mordred to the damoiselle, ye are greatly to blame so as to rebuke him. "'for I warn you plainly, he is a good knight, "'and I doubt not, but he shall prove a noble knight. "'But as yet he may not yet sit sure on horseback, "'for he that shall be a good horseman, "'it must come of usage and exercise. 
but when he cometh to the strokes of his sword, he is then noble and mighty. And that saw Sir Bleberis and Sir Palamedes, for wit ye well they are wily men of arms, and anon they know when they see a young knight by his riding, how they are sure to give him a fall from his horse, or a great buffet. But for the most part they will not light on foot with young knights, for they are white and strongly armed. For in likewise Sir Launcelot du Lac, when he was first made knight, he was often put to the worse upon horseback, but ever upon foot he recovered his renown, and slew and defoiled many knights of the round table. And therefore the rebukes that Sir Launcelot did unto many knights, causeth them that be men of prowess to beware. For often I have seen the old proved knights rebuked and slain by them that were but young beginners. Thus they rode sure talking by the way together. CHAPTER five, How Sir Launcelot came to the court, and heard of La Côte Maltaille, and how he followed after him, and how La Côte Maltaille was prisoner. Here leave we off a while of this tale, and speak we of Sir Launcelot du Lac, that when he was come to the court of King Arthur, then heard he tell of the young knight La Côte Maltaille, how he slew the lion, and how he took upon him the adventure of the black shield, the which was named at that time the hardiest adventure of the world. So God me save, said Sir Launcelot, unto many of his fellows. It was shame to all the noble knights to suffer such a young knight to take such adventure upon him for his destruction. For I will that ye wit, said Sir Launcelot, that that damoiselle Maldisant hath borne that shield many a day for to seek the most proved knights, and that was she that Breurs sans pitié took that shield from her. And after Tristram de Lyonnais rescued that shield from him, and gave it to the damoiselle again, a little afore that time that Sir Tristram fought with my nephew, Sir Blamor de Ganis, for a quarrel that was betwixt the King of Ireland and him. Then many knights were sorry that Sir La Côte Maltaille was gone forth to that adventure. Truly, said Sir Launcelot, I cast me to ride after him. And within seven days Sir Launcelot overtook La Côte Maltaille, and then he saluted him and the damoiselle Maldisant. And when Sir Mordred saw Sir Launcelot, then he left their fellowship. And so Sir Launcelot rode with them all the day, and ever that damoiselle rebuked La Côte Maltaille, and then Sir Launcelot answered for him, then she left off, and rebuked Sir Launcelot. So this meantime Sir Tristram sent by a damoiselle a letter unto Sir Launcelot, excusing him of the wedding of Isot la Blanche Mince, and said in the letter, as he was a true knight, he had never ado fleshly with Isot la Blanche Mince. And passing courteously and gently, Sir Tristram wrote unto Sir Launcelot, ever beseeching him to be his good friend, and unto la belle Isot of Cornwall, and that Sir Launcelot would excuse him if that ever he saw her. And within short time, by the grace of God, said Sir Tristram, that he would speak with La Belle Isolte, and with him write hastily. Then Sir Launcelot departed from the damoiselle, and from Sir La Côte Maltaille, for to oversee that letter, and to write another letter unto Sir Tristram de Lyonnais. And in the meanwhile La Côte Maltaille rode with the damoiselle until they came to a castle that hight Pendragon. And there were six knights stood afore him, and one of them proffered to joust with La Côte Maltaille. And there La Côte Maltaille smote him over his horse's croup. 
and then the five knights set upon him all at once with their spears, and there they smote La Cote Maltai down, horse and man. And then they alighted suddenly, and set their hands upon him all at once, and took him prisoner, and so led him unto the castle, and kept him as prisoner. And on the morn Sir Launcelot arose, and delivered the damosel with letters unto Sir Tristram, and then he took his way after La Cote Maltai. And by the way, upon a bridge, there was a knight proffered Sir Launcelot to joust, and Sir Launcelot smote him down, and then they fought upon foot a noble battle together, and a mighty, and at last Sir Launcelot smote him down, grovelling upon his hands and his knees. And then that knight yielded him, and Sir Launcelot received him fair. Sir, said the knight, I require you tell me your name, for much my heart giveth unto you. Nay, said Sir Launcelot, as at this time I will not tell you my name, unless then that ye tell me your name. Certainly, said the knight, my name is Sir Nerovence, that was made knight of my lord Sir Launcelot du Lac. Ah, Nerovence de Lille, said Sir Launcelot, I am right glad that ye approved a good knight, for now wit ye well my name is Sir Launcelot du Lac. Alas, said Sir Nerovence de Lille, what have I done? And therewithal, flatling, he fell to his feet, and would have kissed them, but Sir Launcelot would not let him, and then either made great joy of other. And then Sir Nerovence told Sir Launcelot that he should not go by the castle of Pendragon, for there is a lord, a mighty knight, and many knights with him, and this knight I heard say that they took a knight prisoner yesterday that rode with a damosel, and they say he is a knight of the round table. End of chapter 5